0: Welcome back to Two Girls in a Podcast. I'm your co-host, Katie. And I'm Jen. And today we're going to focus on true crime. A little bit different than what we normally do. We, I think, had one or two episodes prior to this that were true crime. Um, This is, I love true crime, but definitely not like Jen loves true crime. (laughs) So um, she's going to be the one talking mostly through this one because she has the story that she's going to go over with me and I'm going to kind of interact mm-hmm. to how I feel about it um so
1: yeah
0: <laughs> go ahead Jen all right. yeah because
1: Katie has not heard about this little boy so mm-hmm. we're going to talk about it today but today we're going to talk about Kyron Horman so um he was like young young boy that went missing about 10 years ago so it's a little heartbreaking story mm-hmm. so get ready but um it's uh you know yeah, as it kids. all says but yeah, yeah. exactly Kyron Horman was born on September 9th, 20, 2002 in Portland, Oregon, to Desiree Young and Kane Horman. They divorced eight months into her pregnancy. They shared custody of Kyron until 2004 when Desiree was diagnosed with kidney failure. She wasn't able to fully take care of Kyron, so Kane took custody and Desiree still remained in Kyron's life. So, that we could see, like, it was kind of already a broken home. Right. You know, like, they were splitting the time between the kid You know, sometimes she would take them, but because of her having to be in and out of the hospital so much, Mm -hmm. she just could not fully take care of Kyron. So, um, I know that was, like, really heartbreaking for her, because from what I read, she's like, a really nice person and a really good mom. Yeah. And it was just an unfortunate circumstance. Right. You know? Yeah. So, um, in 2007, Kane married Terry Moulton. He had started dating her when Kane and Desiree were divorcing. In December 2008, Terry gave birth to a daughter, Kiara. So these are kind of important because this is the stepmother that came into the life, and she—I don't think they were—he was—he was necessarily cheating on Desiree, mm-hmm. but it was possible from what I read, like that he was a little—I don't know—they just got together pretty quickly. Okay, a weird circumstance. Yeah, there's like, questions. There's to it. questions. Yeah. He was divorcing, you know, Desiree, but he was with this girl, and you know, I don't know. Yeah. But um, so and also about Terry, she. Well, it used to be a bodybuilder, so she okay. was, like, really fit woman, you yeah. know, like, whatever, and she was very much into that, and then, then she had a kid, you know, I guess then obviously kind of turned her back on the little bodybuilding light a little, uh, life yeah. a little yeah. bit and stuff, but she was very much, um, from what I read, she, you know, like, was all about the daughter and not so much Kyron. Okay. Kind of more like Kyron was there because she had no choice, you know, right. and stuff, and I hate step parents that are like that. Yeah. You know, you should definitely treat the kid like it's yours. Right. And then he, you know, had she had known Kyron for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, it's just unfortunate. It is.
0: <clears throat> for Kyron, that's unfortunate. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm. On June fourth, two thousand ten, Kyron and his stepmother Terry, along with baby Kiara, went to Kyron's school for a science fair. Kyron was uh, Kyron was really excited about his project because he did it on red-eyed tree frogs. Mm-hmm. So I showed you that picture earlier. Mm-hmm. That's from the ste- the science fair. Okay. So and um, he was like super excited to present it and like he had you know the board set up and all that kind of stuff. And, um, so she took some pictures of him and everything and she says that he walked off with like his backpack and everything to go to his class. Mm -hmm. She waved to him and left the school and she said it was around like 845. So, however, Kyra never made it to his class and he was marked absent for the day. So, something that happened between the time that she saw him and, like, waved to him by, and he went into the classroom. Right. So, and no one really saw what happened, so it was kind of really weird, you know? Mm-hmm. And, unfortunately, this school does not have security cameras. Okay. So, there was no... Looking at what you know happened to the yeah, or whatever. yeah. And since the science fair was going on, they weren't making people sign in and out when they were leaving the school. Oh, okay. So there was really no way to account for who was there for the day. They kind of had the doors open, like come in and whatever. So that's not good. No, not no, good. No. <clears throat> okay. So Terry said after leaving the school, she ran errands at two different grocery stores until about ten ten a.m. Between then and eleven thirty nine a.m., she said she drove around back. I drove around some back roads to soothe her daughter to sleep. She then went to the local gym, worked out until 12.40 p.m. She arrived home at 1.21 p.m. and posted those pictures from the science fair on Facebook. So they kind of have an idea of her timeline based on her the pings from her phone yeah. and kind of where she was. But, you know, it is like really they were just like, where were you between that 10.10 10 a.m. and 11.39 a.m.? Because there was no... You know, either her phone didn't ping or something was going on because there's no way to corroborate what she was doing. Okay. 3.30 p.m., Terry and Kane, along with the Kiara, walked to meet Kyron at the bus stop. But Kyron didn't get off the bus. The bus driver said Kyron never got on the bus that day. They called the school and found out that he had been marked absent for the day. Realizing he was missing, they called one.
2: And remember, they stand together here today as a family. Before I let uh, Tony speak, one of the two messages, I want to I remind you, if we can get the information out about this is, this is going to be a wonderful weekend, it's supposed to be warm, as you're out there recreating, all our families, keep your prayers and thoughts on our little boy because you never know the type of information that can come back to us and we can find him. So with that being said, Tony, can you come on down? Thank you.
3: Hello, uh, my name is Tony Young, and I'm Kyron's stepfather. Uh, The has asked me to speak on their behalf today. I would just like to say, Kyron, we miss you, we love you, and we need you home right now. We're doing everything we can to work with law enforcement and the search and the rescue crews to make sure that you can get back to us as soon as possible. We wanna say how much we appreciate the outpouring of love and support, prayer and thoughts, as we wait for you. Your school friends and their families, the teachers, the staff at your school, and the community as a whole have shown how much impact one little boy's smile can have on a community. You mean everything to us, and until you come home, this family is not complete. Please Kyron, keep up the hope. We believe in you, and we know you will be back with us soon. I'd like to now introduce Kyron's father, Kane Horman.
4: Hi, I'm Kane. I'm Kyron's father. We want to thank the community, the parents, the children, bus drivers, and all of those who are being interviewed multiple times to help find Kyron. Thank you. We as the family know how difficult and stressful this is, but your memories and statements can help us find Kyron. We will never be able to thank you enough for that help. Finally, we would like to thank the media. If it was not for you showing Kyron on every newscast, printing his story in the papers, his face would not be known to everyone. People from around the nation have seen his picture. This helps tremendously. Please help us bring Kyron home.
1: So at this time, it had been all day long, mm-hmm. almost eight hours since they, anybody had seen him last. And they're just now calling 911. Yeah. Because they didn't know. And it's crazy to me that he was marked absent and, like, being his age. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's called the parents. Yeah. Nobody called
0: and said, hey, we didn't, see, we know, yeah. I don't know. Like we get an automated call. that tells us that the Dylan's absence. Now saying that's now. Oh, this not, is 10, 2010. Yeah. So I don't know if things were different, but we still had automated systems at that time. Or, exactly. or somebody that would just verbally call parents and say, hey, just FYI, your elementary school child is missing.
1: Yeah. Because you would think like, especially that age, I mean, maybe if they're like 13, 14. Right. Yeah. You know, kids skip school, unfortunately. But yeah. You know, it, seven years old. He's yeah. not skipping school. Or he, he should have go? been the school's
0: responsibility to call the parents.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Just to at least find out what's going on. Right. But, I don't know. It was like all just kind of missed the ball on that one, you know, yeah. whatever. So, um, and then, so the search began. It was a very extensive and focused on a two mile radius around Skyline Elementary. And I don't know how to say this, but Suave Island, I'm thinking. I'm not exactly sure if that's what the exact pronunciation is, but somewhere in Oregon. <laughs> so, um... On June twelfth, three hundred rescuers searched the woods near Skyline Elementary. The search spanned two days, was the largest in Oregon history, and included one hundred, sorry, one thousand three hundred searchers. Wow! The family offered a reward of twenty-five thousand dollars and increased it to fifty thousand dollars in July two thousand ten. So at this time, they have no information of what's going on. They don't know. They don't have anything. Nothing to go on. You know, there's nobody saw anything. Nobody, nobody heard anything. It's just really weird, you know. Yeah. They don't see his book bag, clothes, nothing, you know. And like you think that if he would maybe have worn it off into the woods, right? They would have found something of his, yeah. you know. Like I said, he's going to carry around his book bag the whole time or mm-hmm. jacket or whatever. Yeah. You know? So yeah. it's just weird. In late June 2010, investigators told Kane that Terry tried to hire their landscaper to kill him. So, but I don't think this is true. Okay. Because um, they did say there was no evidence about this. And she... Or the landscaper there was like a threat of deportation Mm -hmm. and stuff and they tried to get him to wear a wire and confront Terry about it and she never said anything and okay it was just like a weird situation but because of this Kane did end up divorcing Terry because he thought she was being suspicious anyway about what was going on with Kane okay you know or what was going on with Kyron you know
0: to the mysterious disappearance of seven-year-old Kyron Horman in Oregon. The search for him has now been scaled back as police say his disappearance is now a criminal case. Early show national
5: correspondent Hattie Kaufman has the very latest. Investigators in Portland are now offering a $25,000 reward for information that leads them to second grader Kyron Horman. With Kyron's family standing by, Captain Monty Riser says officers will follow up on any tip... But their investigation has now shifted.
3: With the search and rescue mission completed at this time, we are moving operations toward the criminal investigative end of the spectrum.
5: The search for Kyron began 10 days ago with no sign of the 7-year-old since his stepmother dropped him off at school June 4th.
3: We will be continuing this investigation. It is not going to stop. And I am not going to cease in dedicating resources to... Locating Kyron.
5: Kyron's family has been largely silent since the news broke of the boy's disappearance, addressing the press just once last Friday.
3: I would just like to say, Kyron, we miss you, we love you, and we need you home right now.
5: Authorities are trying to stem the tide of online rumors surrounding the case and his family's possible involvement. They say Kyron's parents are doing all they can to help but it's time to refocus their efforts.
3: We are still keeping all options open. It's a natural progression to move the overall focus to a criminal case.
1: Um, She did fail two polygraph tests about Kyron's disappearance. So, um, and that was like a big thing. They're like, why are you lying about, you know? And I I know, like, you can't, that's why they're not admissible in court, because things could happen with that or whatever, but it just seems odd like twice you know like right. two tests she was the last one that saw him. she was the last one that saw him no one knows what's going on you know so it was really weird you know um so because of this she actually lost um rights to her daughter and she was she was allowed supervised visitations but um that was it you know okay. so no real contact with Kiara no you know she was like I said Kane divorced her wanted nothing to do with her because he was thinking something was up and then Desiree the mother was also very hardcore about Terry knows something yeah she was the last one to see my, my son and and she was like you know in another city or something so yeah. she was kind of far away and uh, had to drop down and she got remarried as well and her husband was a cop so he was kind of thinking like some this is a weird situation yeah you know the whole weird stuff like she's not talking she not say anything You know, she's gotta know more. Yeah. Did she
0: express any remorse or like not remorse Mm -hmm. but um sadness that he was missing? Did that was that ever discussed? There's a video of a press
1: conference Uh um of them and she is like holding Desiree, you know, Mm -hmm. like kinda like sympathizing with her, but it's kind of an odd video. I don't know, they're all wearing like shirts of Kyron and stuff like that. Okay. I don't know. I think she was in a way, yes, but in a way, no, because she was like the stepmom and more about All Kiara right. and just kind of, I'm not sure. No one really knows, yeah. you know? Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So the police suspe- subpoenaed several friends of Foreman, including Dede Spiker, Spicher? Spicher? S-P-I-C-H-E-R. How would you say that? Spicher? Spicher. So Dede yeah. Spicher Um, she was in contact with Terry and gave her advice that was not in Kyron's best interest. I don't know what that exactly means. Um, I don't know if maybe she was saying, don't talk, don't say stuff about him or whatever. And she also, um, she apparently left work that day that Kyron went missing at 1130 AM and she didn't return until 90 minutes later. And she has not accounted for where she was at. Okay. So it's a weird hour and a half. She left work abruptly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Apparently she was like a gardener or something and okay. she like just left and then returned an hour and Dee a Dee. half later. Dee Dee. Okay. Yeah. So, which is like, I guess I'm assuming Terry's best friend. Okay. I'm not sure. And, you know, she was acting really suspicious with her and she also helped Terry buy a burner phone. Okay. That could not be traced because they thought they were being bugged by the police oh yeah so okay. it's just weird like wild stuff and like she said the police did say that Dee Dee was very cooperative mm-hmm. and like went through like three hours of questioning and all this stuff but she just really didn't offer any answers yeah and it's really weird and the only thing that I saw that she commented on was like you know Terry had nothing to do with this If she did I would never be her friend or whatever right. yeah. and like I'm just helping her out as a friend because she's going through so much yeah I don't know. It just seems very suspicious when you have a seven-year-old missing. Right. I feel like you don't really say, oh, my friend's hurting. Like. This kid's missing. This kid's this missing. It's like, I will do anything you need me to do to, to find either him. find him or prove that I didn't do anything with him. Yeah. You know, if I feel like, why would you hinder that? Right. You know, why would you, like, not be willing to, like. I mean, I know they say, like, don't talk without a lawyer, don't talk without, like, don't do a polygraph test, stuff like that. But if you know you're innocent... Yeah. You're going to want to do that... Yeah. ...to prove yourself. Exactly. so... Exactly. Um, okay. In October 2012, Dee Dee refused to answer 142 questions during a deposition, and she apparently pled the fifth, which I didn't think you could do unless it was your spouse, but... I guess not. <laughs> I guess not, yeah. So, um, and she said, like, I'm not going to answer any questions for you. And I don't know. I guess they were asking her questions specifically. Oh, I did read that. They did ask her, do you, they showed her a picture of Kyron. And they were like, do you know him? And she refused to answer. And she, they showed a picture of, you know, Desiree and Cain. And it was like, do you know them? And she refused to answer. It's so like, why? I don't know. Maybe she was just like, I'm not answering anything. Regardless of the questions or what, I don't know what was going on, but just very weird. Yeah, You know, like, at this time, it had been two years since Kyron had been missing. Like, why are you not just saying what's going on? Like, I don't know. Just weird. Okay. In 2016,
6: Terry was a guest on Dr. Phil. Terry Horman, Kyron's stepmother, was the last known person to see the second grader on June 4th. I believe that Terry Horman knows where Kyron is.
3: Stepmom Terry Horman remains at the center of the investigation.
2: Now, Kane Horman has filed for divorce and also slapped Terry with a restraining order.
4: She talked about failing polygraphs. The story to her and the story to me in multiple different occasions didn't line up.
7: Is Terry a drinker? I believe that she was, yes. Did she get a DUI?
4: I believe it was a DUI and also child endangerment. Her son was in the backseat.
6: She put down in writing that her and Kane were up until three in the morning fighting about their marital problems, that she had told him she was done with it all, that she was moving back to Roseburg, they were getting a divorce, and it was gonna be Friday, the day that Kyron went missing.
7: So you think that she might have done something to Kyron to hurt Kane?
2: Yes, definitely.
7: What do you say to that?
2: There is no email or writing, I don't even know what she's, to, I, wow. <laughs> no, I, I. so much to address in that. Um, first of all, there was no written, something written, I don't know what she's talking about, written because K and I did not have a fight the night before.
7: So you two were not on the brink of divorce?
2: We had, no. We, we had issues, but we weren't fighting, we didn't fight. There was, it was discussions, maybe heated discussions, but we didn't have screaming, yelling matches of any kind. But of course people are gonna have, um, you know, not see eye to eye in a marriage.
7: But was the marriage unwinding at this point? Were you, was the marriage in trouble?
2: I was unhappy, yeah.
7: You were unhappy? I was unhappy. And did he know that?
2: I had told him as much but he he's not uh very good at listening sometimes
7: because I've I've seen footage and and all of the press asking you about that and you're saying no everything's fine that's all a rumor I was told
2: to I was told by law enforcement when that particular thing had at at they told me if you get caught by the media for any reason if they come on you and you're not expecting it uh just whatever you can make up at the time. Just make sure, just tell them everything's fine if they ask. That's what I was told to say.
7: But you lied to the media.
2: Yes, but in that case yes, because I was told to.
7: So, so some cop tells you to lie about your, your status and you say okay. Some cop tells you don't go and talk about finding your son and you say okay. I, I, don't, I don't understand that. It would seem to me, if your son is missing, absolute transparency would be your number one tool in finding that child. Transparency and getting out there and putting the word out there. Transparency and saying, I don't want any drama. I don't want any mystery. I, I'm gonna tell you the truth about anything and everything. But instead, you, you don't speak out. And when you're asked questions about the status, y- you lie about it that doesn 't i, I don 't understand that and if and if you did follow that advice, why are you speaking out now?
2: because he needs to be found
7: we need to be found then
2: yes i was I was told not I was told not I was following orders i 'm doing what i 'm told to do because I want him found they 're saying do it a certain way. And I did everything I was ever asked to do. I spoke openly for hours on end with investigators, open book, told them every horrible, little, dirty secret I ever had in my life, anything that was gonna help to find him, anything. I didn't care, it's, it, but I could see how, if somebody's not on the inside of what's going on, how they could, could see it a different way. But I, I did everything I was supposed to do, and it still wasn't good enough. And everything gets twisted and turned, and it, is, it became this, um, just this attack against me instead of the focus of being him. I, after I retained an attorney, then I was told not to talk. And I asked him to talk for me and he wouldn't.
7: I've worked with law enforcement a lot. And I've heard them say to principals involved in a case, don't talk to the media. I've never heard them say, tell them a flat out lie about your status. I've never heard that. They ask you about your marital status lie.
2: They said if you get caught off guard, you say whatever you need to to get them to get out of your space.
1: She says that Kyron was kidnapped by, and it says a quote, a man in a pickup truck, a Ford that was parked on Highway 30 at the 7-Eleven. So she said, and which is, is not near the school they say. So, she, she says she saw this man who was acting really weird and people had asked at the Seven Eleven like, it was enough so where the clerks came out and were like, mm-hmm. are you okay? Because he was, like, pacing or something. Yeah. I don't know why she saw this person or what was going on with the whole and deal. why she didn't
0: tell anybody else. Why she didn't
1: say anything. This is 2016. Yeah. So, he's been missing for six years and this is what she says. And I don't know. But she said, and this was her explanation of why she felt the polygraph test, which I thought was ridiculous. But she said... She was hard of hearing, and she didn't understand the questions. She said she told the truth and didn't know why she failed. (laughs) So, I mean, I'd like to see the episode. Um, You know, hopefully I'll be able to include a little bit of that clip in this uh, podcast. Yeah. But she just said, like, I'm sure Dr. Phil was like, what? You know? like (laughs) About the whole thing. He's probably like, what the heck? Yeah. So, it's just really weird. Like I said, again, being suspicious so many years later, you know? So, okay. In May of 2020, a book called Boy Missing, The Search for Kyron Horman, written by Rebecca Morris, claimed that Kyron's bus driver, a classmate, and two of the classmate's family members witnessed Kyron walk through the parking lot with Terry that morning. Kyron also Kyren also mentioned to classmates that he had a doctor appointment that morning. So, and apparently he didn't have it until the next week. Okay. So, I don't know if he was confused or if t- Terry really did say you have a doctor appointment, so we have to leave. Yeah. You know, like, or like, don't forget you have a doctor appointment today, so you're gonna have to leave early or something. Like right. That. Yeah. And that's why he didn't stay or didn't tell any family, you know, people like, I don't know. It's just weird. Why would he tell people that if it wasn't yeah. real? And like, you know, most kids aren't going to remember for next week. Yeah. Like somebody would literally have to tell them that day. Right. Don't you yeah. think if you told Dylan, Dylan, don't forget you have a doctor appointment next week. Would he really remember? No. Especially at day. seven. Right. Yeah. yeah. You would probably be like yeah. that morning. Is something you would say, don't forget you have a doctor's appointment today. Yeah. So it seems like they would come in, they set up his stuff, you know, his stuff, Mm -hmm. took the pictures, you know, to kind of, you know, whatever, just to take him or whatever. And then they were probably like, I don't know. I don't know the whole thing or what happened, but to me, it just seems like maybe that's a plausible explanation that she was like, okay, let's go to your doctor's appointment. And they left together. But it wasn't really doctor appointment. It was like her way of getting rid of him. You yeah. Know? And like whatever she did to him.
6: And right. Like that, so. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Normal went away on June 4th. And every day we adjust. We try to survive the aftermath of that. And it's a roller coaster. Every single day is different. And It just isn't something that I would ever consider or describe as normal.
0: In,
1: I think this was in 2020. Yeah. So the the most recent update, um, which, like I said, it's been 10 years in 2020 Mm -hmm. that he was missing. So in 2020, they said the update is that the search has been narrowed to less than 100 acres of where Chiron could be. Apparently the searches in recent months have led to a huge amount of progress. So to me I was thinking if they've narrowed it down to a hundred acres, they have to have a reason they think he's in this hundred acres. Yeah. So my thoughts are maybe they found a shoe, they found a piece of his clothing, his book bag. Yeah. Something to know that they're in the vicinity of where he would be Mm -hmm. at. Um I'm not sure, you know. Um they have, you know, they, like I said, they, ha- they have to have a reason they haven't released it. So I wonder if that's because, you know,
0: the, as an
6: investigation, yeah. criminal investigation. They haven't found
0: them, so they just want to.
6: Exactly. Yeah. Ten years later was never in the realm of my mind. I um, I understand that in cases where you don't know who did it you don't know where the child went missing from that increases the odds of of having it go long term and that was never in the back of my mind on june 4th that night i never thought a million years we will be here in 10 years never it's sad and it's disappointing and frustrating. I I don't even think I have words to describe it. <laughs> it's just not something I thought was going to be possible.
1: So that's basically the the story. Okay. Um, you know, it's, it's a very, very sad story. I mean, this this kid is adorable yeah. with his little glasses yes. and his little thing. And he was so excited about that day. And the picture that he took the day of, he's all happy, excited. Yeah. You know, it just doesn't seem like... He had no reason to think anything was going to happen to him that Mm -hmm. day, you know. And I just don't see. They said he was like a pretty smart kid. I mean, I know he was seven, but why would he just walk out his door and walk into the woods? Right. It just doesn't seem possible. He
0: left with probably his stepmother. Is that what you think? Yeah, Yeah. I I think that she definitely had something to do with it. Yeah, and that Didi did as well because of just the weird. Everything that they did was so weird. Yeah. It's very weird, very
1: suspicious. You know, I don't know. I mean, they haven't arrested anybody, of course, and I they don't, don't have know. have evidence, Yeah, too. yeah. And if she doesn't say anything, there's no way they can corroborate, right? you know, what's going on. But why would you need a burner phone to talk on the phone if you didn't do anything? Exactly. Like, even if you had people bugging you, I'd be like, heck yeah, bug me all you want so you can tell that I don't, yeah. I don't have anything to do with it. Exactly. It just seems like she was like, oh, my privacy, I'm losing my privacy, but... That doesn't make sense when a 7 year olds missing. Mm-hmm. You, you lose things when that happens, you yeah. know? and, like, you should be okay to give those up to make sure you get the kid back.
6: Exactly. I used to be a person who thought that there was no evil in this world. I used to be a person that thought good of everybody. I was fairly naive. And I no longer am that person. I'm more skeptical. I'm probably cynical, I guess and I know the reality of what evidence we have and it leads me to think about things that Terry's possible connection to never was part of the thought process in the very beginning in that first month I did not automatically think that um that she could have hurt Kyron. I, I thought there were other evils in this world that could have, uh, targeted Kyron for other reasons. I never thought that Terry was the one and that she could have hurt him. I now think very differently. I've worked through finding out things that make me think that Ky, that It's so hard to even say it. (laughs) My mind goes to different places now today than it did 10 years ago. I always want for Kyron to be able to come home. I know that 10 years later, that's slimmer and slimmer as an option, but I know too that it happens for mothers. It happens, their kids get to come home. So I still am gonna hold on to that even though I know the reality of our situation and where we're at today. But we don't know. We don't know the answers. I don't know exactly what Terry did that day. I just know what she probably did. But it's hard to know that. It's hard to have that in your head as a mom. But I want us to move forward. I want us to find out the answers. I want her to have a conscience and be a human being and and just tell us no matter how bad it is just tell us and end this roller coaster that we're on every single day. That's what I want no matter what.
0: I'll never Uh understand people who could hurt a child. I know. An innocent child. Like, even if it's not her, if somebody else, it's just, it doesn't, it's terrible. I know my, this is my
1: thoughts on it. Um, just after reading it. And I've seen a lot of videos on this. Mm-hmm. I knew about this a long time ago and, you know, just like, but like I said, the update had come across. And I was like, Oh, this would be a really good one to talk about mm-hmm. because there's not much coverage on him now because okay. it was so, and there's no, there's nothing, you know? Yeah. So there's nothing to go on and stuff like that. But, I do think that she told him he had a doctor's appointment so that he would leave with her and not say anything like, kind of like, why are we going where I want to stay at school or anything like that. Kind of like, we need to go to your doctor's appointment. And I think the whole thing was, I'm going to show up. I'm going to put the stuff out, you know, kind of look like we've been here. There's pictures, you know, he was all smiled. Everything was good. And then he, they left quickly, either, like I said, there were some witnesses, but not a lot of witnesses. So they were, you know, she was good about it, whatever she did. Maybe she parked in a specific spot that was away from everything and stuff like that. And she got in the car and, you know, they, they went and whatever she did, I don't know if she, you know, hurt him or if she like, you know, I don't know, like anything could have happened to a kid. Mm -hmm. She was a bodybuilder one time, which right. means she's got super strength, so maybe it was an accident. Yeah. Um, I mean, personally I don't think so because if she, if he really didn't have a doctor appointment until the next week mm-hmm. and she obviously had to get him to go with her somehow. Mm-hmm. So
0: and for a reason. Yeah,
1: she premeditated. And I think I think what she thought was her relationship with Kane was getting bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I bet she did say something to the landscaper kind of like, man, I wish he was just dead. Yeah. Or I wish I could find somebody to, to kill him," and kind of ha ha, you know, whatever. And like a semi-serious, but not really
0: yeah.
1: thing where maybe the landscaper like, oh, I could run with this, you know, yeah. and but there wasn't anything to really go off of because it really didn't happen yeah. like that or whatever. But um, and then I think with, like, the daughter, he, she just kind of wanted to focus on just her. Yeah. And I don't know if, if Kyron was, like, a troublemaker or anything or, mm-hmm. if, you know, there anything going on in the home with it. I, I didn't read anything like that. They all said he was, like, a really good kid and stuff. Yeah. But you never really know what goes on, like... Right. Because you do not live with them. Exactly. Like, did they have animosity and did he not like her? Right. And stuff. So it just seems weird. And then, you know, like I said, he, she did something and she had that time span of, like, the hour and so... The, and I bet you... Like, my thoughts are she did something to him. hmm And she put him in a specific place or something and maybe called her friend.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and was like, I just killed Kyron. I need help burying the body or I need help doing something. And maybe they met each other and then the woman was like, you need to go to the gym. You need to go somewhere and check in and, like, to the, just she went to the gym, yeah. you know? And was like, oh, I'm going to just kind of go to the gym and like so people see me, yeah. Kind of have an alibi, and then she took that hour and a half to bury the body, right? Get rid of him, and then make it back to her place or whatever. And then it's like nothing happens, yeah. You know, so that's my thoughts after reading everything. But again, I don't have no idea. Nobody knows, right? Yeah. Unfortunately, I mm-hmm. hope he's found one day. I hope, you yeah, know, I hope they
0: find him and whatever hundred mile radius they found, I hope exactly. They find him. You know, because I mean, I. Just for I closure. Have,
1: exactly, I have no doubts that he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, ten years is a long time, and a seven-year-old,
0: you know. Yeah,
1: you're old enough to know your parent that you have parents, yeah. different parents, yeah. to where somebody can't brainwash you to say you're my kid, kind of thing. Yeah, and then you're also like, I feel like old enough, like I said, to know that you don't wander into the woods mm-hmm. and you know that kind of thing, and. And nobody else saw this strange man in a pickup truck, you know, yeah. like, that was weird. <laughs> Which is a weird
0: story to come out with when you knew this. Why didn't you tell the cops that yeah. the first time? Exactly. You know? Yeah, and, so. like, no one would see him. Like, he would just walk up to this
1: kid and be like, even if he grabbed him, I'm sure Kyron would have yelled. Yeah. And he was like, she said she saw him walking to his classroom with, there's other people in the hall. I'm sure it wasn't just him. Yeah. So you it know? so just very weird. Yeah. You know, and no one saw him, like... I mean, they saw him at the fair, you know, when he put mm-hmm. his stuff out. But yeah. then no one saw him after that. Besides those few, those four people that say they saw him walking to walking with her in the you know the parking. parking lot. No one gives any contradictions to that. No yeah. one says, "No, I saw Kyron in the
0: bathroom." Right. You
1: know, or and that's four cool people who said they saw it exactly. So, Yeah. So it's just very weird, very sad. Yeah, I don't know.
0: <laughs> well, hopefully, they solve it soon.
1: I know, and I will put in there that. Um, they have the like, description, just in case, you never know, but Kyron, he was last seen wearing a black t-shirt with CSI on the front, black cargo pants, and he wears metal framed glasses. And if you have any you know, tips or anything like that, you can call the tip line. The number is 503-261-2847. So, um, I know this is an organ we're in North Carolina, so it's very, very unlikely that someone listening to this podcast, um, will know anything, but if you do, you know, (laughs) absolutely give your tips, give your tips, let people know, get the word out, you know, like, like put, you know, I don't know, hound Terry (laughs) Yes. (laughs) figure out what's going on and why she did this. Yeah. So, yeah. All right. Well, that was our story for today. I hope everybody enjoyed it. You know, it was a, another sad, unfortunate true yeah, crime that's story. That's so
0: sad. Yes.
1: Yeah. Um, but we hope, you know, if anything, the family gets some closure, you know, sooner rather than later. Um, I know that almost every true crime I've ever come across, the families, regardless of the outcome, they want to know. Yeah. So it's like, for them, they'd rather not... Live their life not knowing and then maybe he's still alive Mm -hmm. or, you know, know, have the closure and unfortunately he'd be dead. Yeah. But at least there's some closure and they can have like a a real burial for him and maybe find out what happened to him. Yeah. How he was killed or how he came into that state or Mm -hmm. something. So, Mm -hmm. but that's it for today. So, (laughs) and if if you have any true crime stories that you want us to cover in the future, please leave us a comment. Um, Let us know. I know there's so many cases out there, but maybe you have a family member that's affected or that you yourself have, you know, something that's happened in your life that you want us to look into or any case that's interesting, intriguing. Mm -hmm. Um, I know Katie and I have talked about we're going to do Chris Watts in the future. Mm -hmm. And um, I have a couple other cases that I'd really like to cover in the future. So, but we're open to anything, you know, anything that maybe a lot of people don't know about. Is also good too. Yes. um, That we can get some coverage out there for you. We'd be more than willing to do that. (laughs)
0: Yes.
1: Yes. So, um, and like I said, if you have um, any questions or comments or just want us to talk about any other future topics, just let us know. Leave us a comment. Um, Not necessarily true crime, just talk about anything in general. Right. We're open to it all. So, and um, we have a Patreon page now that we're trying to be a little bit more active on. So the link will be in the show notes. So if you could support us over there, we'd be greatly appreciative. Um, we're, you know, trying our best Mm -hmm. (laughs) to get some great content out there. And I know Katie's eager to move on to YouTube. So yeah, we're hoping we can get some equipment for that in the future. So anything you can help is, is, would be great. Yes. Yes. So, all right. Well, thanks for listening and until next time.